Hello, and thank you for joining us for episode four, where we're going to be asking this central question, are we missing that the God of the universe is totally crazy about us, that somehow the love of God compelled him to do something about our condition, so we should be compelled to serve our neighbor and each other. My question to you today is, have you ever used a snorkel? If you have, then you know how tricky they can be. You have to figure out how to keep it upright and learn to swim so that the top of it doesn't dip below the water line. However, if you do get water in your snorkel, which always seems to happen, you get to do the absolute coolest thing. You get to spit it out. That's right, you get to shoot water right out of the top of your snorkel. It's kind of fun, it looks cool, but it also has a purpose. You must clear out all the water before you can take in your next breath because a snorkel is just a tube and the air that you breathe in flows through the same pathway as the air that you breathe out. If the top of the snorkel is blocked by water, not only can you not breathe out, but you cannot breathe in. You see, the same is true with love. The love that we have flows from our heart. Well, not our actual heart, but from the place that is the center of our being and our person. However, our hearts, like the snorkel, are two-way streets. Love flows in and out of the hearts through the same tube. This is one of the reasons Jesus teaches that there's a connection between loving God and loving our neighbor. If we are to open to loving others, then our hearts are open to being loved by God. And if our hearts are open to being loved by God, then they are free to let love flow to our neighbor. But as you probably have guessed, this is not an easy state to maintain. In fact, it's quite hard. Because the reality is this. Life happens. We get hurt. We get betrayed or rejected through the course of our life. And temptation is to close off our heart to love. Why? Because it's a way that we protect ourselves. Imagine if we don't give access to our hearts. We think sometimes that we can live free from pain. The problem, of course, though, is back to that imagery of the snorkel. When we close off the possibility of loving others... We close off our capacity to be loved by God. That is why many wither away in life and faith. So my question to be the mantra today is, are we missing the fact that God is crazy about us? Because you see, our pain and our desire for self-protection causes us to cut ourselves off from the source of true life. And this leads us to feeling isolated and alone. Today, we're going to discover how we can risk it all for love's sake. We will be asked to open parts of our snorkel that we may have closed off to the extravagant love of God. A question to consider is this. Do you think it's easier for you to give love or receive love? After you've answered that question, why is that true? And what will it take for you to open yourself up to God's love in a new way this week? If you will, turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-12. through Again, that's 1 John 4, 7-12, and this is what it says. It's entitled, Loving One Another. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is like a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not love God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending us his one and only Son in the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. 
Verse 11, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. In hearing this scripture read, ask yourself, what does this scripture say about the relationship between God's love and ours? Well, you see, the root word of the word love used by John in this suggests that it's the kind of love that God requires an action of some kind. It's not a love that sits back, but it's a love that's active. We're not talking about a love that's maybe consumed by feelings or warm affection. We're not talking about the kind of love also that is a thoughtful embrace or a kiss. This love carries a sense of duty, of respect, and even fidelity. It can be summed up in this, because Christ loved us, he did something about our condition. Because we were sinful and destined for separation from God, God sent his son so that we can be restored and reunited with him. Because love is an action, simply love does. Are we missing the fact that the God of the universe is crazy about us? You see, we have to wrestle with several ideas in this passage. First, chapter 4, verse 8 is really tough for us, right? Is it true that if I don't love, then I don't know God? Well, our behavior towards fellow Christians serves as an indication in John's interpretation whether or not one has come to know God. Since God is love, those who truly know him will reflect that love toward fellow members of the same Christian community. This verse calls us out. It separates true Christians from the ones that would play Christian. When I say this, I am encompassing loving, let's say, the Catholic Church, meaning the Church universally. This includes the liberal and the conservative, the Baptist, the Anglican, the Methodist, and the Mennonite. It includes the Salvation Army. It includes nonprofits and all peoples. It includes all agendas, no exception. We are to love those in the church or the body, and we're also to love those that are not yet in the body. A song that sums this up is actually a song written a few years ago by Michael Gunger, who's a lead singer of the Gunger Worship Band. But he wrote a song called White Man, and this is how he says it. He says, God is not a man. God is not a white man. God is not a man sitting on a cloud. He cannot be bought. He cannot be boxed in. God simply can't be owned by religion. And then he goes to the chorus and he says this, but God is love. God is love, and he loves everyone. And then verse 2, he goes into a deeper thought. He says, God is not a man. He's not an old man. He doesn't belong to Republicans. God is not a flag, not even American, and he doesn't depend upon a government. But God is love, and he loves everyone. You see, this is incredibly important, as this is the purpose of the book of 1 John, to put everybody on the same playing field and to say that God is love, and therefore we should reflect that and show that in the world. This work was also written to counter false teaching that was going on at the time because there was this belief that God truly didn't love his people because he showed up in spirit, but he didn't come here incarnate as Emmanuel, God with us. It's also defined how Christians are to discern true teachers by their ethics, by their proclamation of Jesus in the flesh. But most importantly, the biggest indicator is that we are being judged by our love. The love of God must compel us to serve one another. 
We do this out of love for the Father. This thought process suggests that God is simply crazy about us, right? The truth of God loves us, and He wants us to be in an honest relationship with Him. But many times we feel like God is not close. Maybe you feel like this even right now. Maybe you feel isolated, alone, or defeated. Maybe we feel like God is taking a long vacation or is on sabbatical or that he's asleep. Maybe the reality is, is God is all around us at work and I need to create ways to where I can be aware of his presence with me. I'll give you an example. We'll look at a story uh, that takes place in the life of Jacob and it happens in a dream as recorded in Genesis 28 verses 10 through 17. And this is what it says. It's Jacob's dream at Bethel. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had had a dream in which he saw a staircase resting on the earth with its top reaching down to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. There above it, stood the Lord, and he says, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the east and to the west and to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will, leave, I will not leave you until I have done what you have promised. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And that's where our story ends. One of the things that I'm reminded about as I look at this story is that Jacob encounters God at a place where he really didn't expect to encounter him. Jacob wasn't at the temple or he wasn't at the top of a mountain or the edge of a beautiful sea where he dreamed of heaven and earth meeting. He was nowhere special. Literally, he was by the side of the road, a random location. And it's no different than you or I standing by a dryer, a dishwasher, a local business or bar. The question we must ask ourselves is where do we see God? Is he only in the chapel during Sunday? Is he only with me whenever I'm singing hymns? Is he with you as you tuck your child into bed at night? Is he with you in your home, your work, or your marriage? Also ask yourself, do you find it hard to find him in some places? Maybe you only find him in the mountaintops or the thin spaces, but you don't find him in the more difficult places of life. I think we all have an invitation this week to seek out God's presence in a place by the side of the road. This could be a place that we don't go to often, or a place we don't think we would typically hang around, say a bar, a gas station, uh, maybe uh, a place of gambling, or maybe even somewhere even more notorious. But maybe he's hard to find in your daughter's dance class, uh, going on a shopping trip with your son at the mall. Or maybe a crazy place like the town's red light district. Or a work staff meeting. Go to the place that you selected this week and pray this prayer. God, show me where your kingdom and your love are already on display and with the people here. Because we have to ask ourselves, 
Are we missing that the God of the universe is totally crazy about us? This is incredibly important because if we start to see God at work in these areas, we'll be more apt to partner with him there. you got to remember, God needs a body. And last time I checked in 1 Corinthians, we are that body. And this will lead us to serving our neighbors in love. Think about the first time you fell in love, or even your first date. Do you remember it? Even as I had prepared to talk about this podcast today, I found this note from my wife tucked away in my study. And this is what it says. I love you, Brad. I sure do love you. You are my heart, you are mine, and I praise God for you. Your wife, smiley face. You see, loving God is a little bit like falling in love. Sometimes it's risky. Sometimes it borders on the irrational. But love is a do thing. It can't be faked. It is an energy that needs to be dissipated because love does. Love is not this. Love is not an infatuation or a feeling we get. Love is not the number one hit on the Billboard music chart. For instance, the most popular love song of all time is Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. And it's from 1981. Love is not an emotion or a fad. It's not trendy or selfish. It does. It's an action. And we're given a little sliver of this in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, when we are directly told what love is. It says this. It says, Love is patient and it's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or even rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures in every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge all become useless, but love will last forever. So you see, our main takeaways from today is that we are to love God and we are to love our neighbor. We have to ask ourselves as we walk away from this scripture and this lesson, what did we learn about God's love? Is his love easy or is it hard to accept? Do you think our view of God's love relates to our practices of evangelism or even discipleship? Have you ever experienced God's love through the way someone else treated you? If so, Think about that situation, and if not, what do you think it might look like if someone did? How can you develop skills this week to see God in the mundane, in the normal, and the underwhelming? Maybe it could be through ways like spiritual disciplines, because we have to ask ourselves, are we missing that the God of the universe is totally crazy about us? Lastly, where do you see God already at work? And where do you need to join him? Maybe it's in the local bar. Maybe it's at your church and a fellowship group. Maybe it's in your work meetings. Maybe it's somewhere else that you don't even think you would be right now. Maybe it's in your bike group or your child's extracurricular activities or a PTA meeting. But where could that place be for you? So as we end our time, let us pray this prayer together. And I hope that you found some encouragement in this today. Father, help us remember that you're totally crazy about us. 
Help us serve you, our neighbor, and our community. Help us serve you without a need for recognition, reward, or even a word of affirmation. Help us be the body that you created us to be. Help us love one another. Help us put it into action in our homes and our places of business. Help us showcase it in places like the bar, the grocery store, or our favorite restaurant. Help us when we intend well and we still fall short. Forgive us when we fail. Strengthen us as we aim to be about your work in our community. We love you because you loved us first. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So may you join the work that God is already doing wherever you're at and go in the love of the Lord.